I can tell this is a, a passionate subject for you. Well, I got wet. I mean, I live in North Idaho. You're going to get wet. <laughs> Whether it rains or not, you're always wet. And I think that's maybe something to realize before you get started. Like if you're if you're not from a rainy area or you live in Southern California and it's all sunshine yeah. and butterflies all the time, then, yeah. you know, wet scares you, first of all, mm-hmm. if that's where you're headed to hunt. And you have this idea in your head that if I buy the best rain gear, it's going to stop me from ever getting wet. And I just don't think that's the truth. You have to... You have to mentally believe that you're going to get wet. It's just how much you get wet and then how fast you can dry. Yes. Welcome to the Shoot to Hunt podcast. I'm Ryan Avery. I'm here with Jacoby Machini. Welcome to the show, Jake. It's uh, 12, 17 p.m. Pacific Fuck. Standard Time. Uh, Jake was supposed to be here at 9 a.m. Ah, you so close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's... Okay, I was supposed to be here at 9 a.m. We had we had a podcast with the suppressor company. He got sick, so, of course, I took my time getting over uh, here. Yeah. Well, and then Ryan Lampers called me, so I talked to him. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I set up a podcast with Lampers, so I was That's doing good. Bid, doing business. I set one up too. We're all good. Yeah, we 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 Stacking have got some hot podcasts coming for you pretty soon. Yes, if you enjoyed the control round feed one, it's only going to get better from there. <laughs> the control round feed definitely. I don't know if you what do you call that? Uh, festered some people up, stirred the shit, flared them up. Yeah, yeah, definitely upset a lot of retired folk. <laughs> And, and again, we don't, it's just our opinion. Are we right? Are we wrong? I don't know. Uh, before we get started, uh, how fat is your ass today? Oh yeah. It's continuing saga. 180 by September 1st. And I'm started at 219. Went on a cruise, went to 224. <laughs> and as of this morning, I'm 216. It, it always gets coldest just before the dawn. <laughs> <laughs> 216. And I'm in a, I'm in, I can't say the price that I'm in a bet. With my chiropractor, but I can't oh, say the price okay. Tanya might listen. Oh shit! On who's going to lose lose the most weight by July first? Dude, I can imagine. I can imagine just by the way you described that's at least four digits. You would be. Maybe <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't. You almost let it go. I cannot say, yeah. but it's more than a dollar. Yeah, more <laughs> yeah. than a dollar, less than a billion. Yep. So we do have that going, and you know, hopefully, I drew some tags. So I'm trying to. I got to lose some weight for that, but I've, you know, I got to lose some weight just to live longer, so mm-hmm. I can kill more animals. You drew, when you drew Wyoming, is that a specific unit? Yep. Which you, are you allowed to say? No. Okay. It's buddy, it's somebody's unit that, and I didn't even think I drew it. Like when you texted me, yeah. I looked it up and I was, and I, when I pulled it up, I thought I said, you know, I'm half asleep. I said unsuccessful. So I didn't look. And then the way, when I drove in here, I, don't think I, yeah. that. I drove in here, I was like, oh shit, it's successful. Oh, so we're good. So it never said, because mine said unsuccessful. Were you supposed to look in another place? No, when I was reading it, okay. I thought, because when I, you know, it has your unit number, though, and I, when I was looking at it half awake, I thought it said unsuccessful. Mm. So I was like, shit. Well, then I got online and I was looking at numbers and I said, man, I should have, I looked again when I was actually driving, shouldn't have been yeah. looking, but I drive and I was like, man, I can't believe it. And I was like, successful. Huh. And I walked in here. You were in a Tesla with the autopilot. You could look. Yep. Me and Bruce, Dom. <laughs> flying over here in the Teslas. Okay, so we can't say what unit, but it's going to be good. Yep. We're going to record that? Yep. You going to film it? Uh, yep. I don't know how that's going to go down because it's... That's the one you were telling me you can only go in with one person? It's logistically not. Yeah. Not easy. So Even like, with llamas? 
Yeah, well, that's the problem. Livestock, because you're going to need some weight, you know, some room for more weight coming out. Because mm-hmm. chances are highly likely we're going to shoot an elk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, more people, less animals are hauling because they're hauling your shit. Or you got to haul more. Yeah. So. How far I, are you going to go in? 12 miles. Oh, shit. Well, it's because you got to jog around private. So yeah. it's not straight. It keeps it. Uh, what just flashed in front of my head right now, this little video keeps going on Instagram where the guy calls his buddy and he's like, uh, it's having the elk down. Like he calls his buddy. He's like, where'd you shoot it? And he just stares at him. He's like, you know. <laughs> he yep. was like, no. <laughs> no. You remember the conversation we had on the phone before uh, I shot that elk or in Montana? Oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> and you had hauled an elk already out. Yeah. And I'm like, you're if, like, you're if, gonna... if they come this way, I'm fucking shooting one. <laughs> and they came my way. And it, it was, happens. I don't know. It, the number, I think it was at least nine miles. It was somewhere in there. Yeah, it was nine miles. Was... And that's the same thing. If Straight line, it's not very far from a road, but you mm-hmm. got to jog around private. Mm-hmm. Same kind of deal down there. Mm-hmm. So you got to go. You know, three miles this way, five miles this way, and four miles this way. Or you can just walk straight. It's only like three miles. Mm-hmm. So that's hunting. Maybe go West. talk to the landowner. Maybe you'll get I, lucky. I actually looked up his number. Uh-huh. So nice. Because literally, if I could walk, what I'm going to ask him is say, hey, if I shoot one, not not just cut across the yeah. beginning. If I shoot one, could I bring it out that way? Yeah. Nice. Even if there's like a trust. I don't know in Wyoming if that's legal, but if it wasn't, I wouldn't do it because- in I'm Wyoming is where they're doing that, the corner cross, crossing. the corner crossing deal. Is it? Yeah. No, the whole fight there is they own the air, right? So if they get a ladder or they cross in that ladder, if it's, even if it's not touching, they're touching their air property, they're, they're no, So owning land entitles you to the airspace above it? Yeah. To There's got to be a ceiling. Yeah, there is. I don't know what it is, but a certain feet. Oh. So they're saying, did they cross their airspace? Mm-hmm. That's still, I believe they won- and criminally, but I think they sued them civilly. So I think that's still going through. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So you did not draw Wyoming. I don't think I even asked I didn't know. Yeah, we didn't draw. But, but we have Montana. <clears throat> we got Montana. We got lots of applications in in Idaho. Yep. Idaho's a crop sh- a crap shoot. It's always random, which I like. I don't like points. Mm-hmm. I like. Well, it's hard to like points because of point creep over time that you can't get away from. <clears throat> yep. I have a million points in Utah. I'm not going to say for elk because jinx myself against somebody else. If you don't want, basically I need a lot of people to draw or die and that sounds morbid, but it's the freaking (laughs) truth. And it's, it takes me, you know, 20 something years of my life to acquire this many. You don't want to just go off and shoot a 300 inch bull. Mm -hmm. So I hate points Hmm. and the West is just getting more crowded with hunters. So, Mm -hmm. which I can't say is a bad thing because you want hunting numbers, but you also want to be able to draw tags. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming is weird this year because a lot of people drew that shouldn't have. So I think it must have been down. Huh. Or they got lucky and got random. I think it's 25% random in U- in Wyoming. Yeah. That's why we put in. You put in for elk, deer, and antelope or just no, elk? just elk. All right. Well, should we talk about what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, we should. <clears throat> should probably get some work done today. The notes say cold and wet. It could go a lot of ways, but yeah, I, I was trying to think of some assholeish name for it. I don't. I just, I just went with a standard cold. I, I don't like being cold and wet. So now I have all kinds of questions, you know, related to the, right. related to the topic. Uh, in in my opinion, I don't know a lot of people. I just know Ryan, so he's the best guy with gear. So that's what I'm left with. Yeah, and we're gonna talk rain gear in particular. And I'm gonna. I always say say this at the beginning. I'm not an expert. I only know the stuff that I have used and the stuff that I know works. Mm-hmm. 
there's far more people out there with the actual technical terms, you know, down. But we're going to cover a lot more shit than just like a rain jacket and yeah, rain yeah, yeah. pants though. But rain wise, you got to plan for it. In mm-hmm. Northern Idaho, you know, like bear hunting, like last year, I did a, a podcast on Rockslide about, it's supposed to come out today about down, about the differences in down. And last year you were there. Last spring was one of the wettest springs I ever remember. It rained almost every day while we were bear hunting. Mm. And it was the snow. It just didn't go away. It was just super wet last spring. That's why I brought this up right now because we're about to head up to bear camp. Yeah, there's uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but there's two philosophies and you talked about it. It's in here about being a pussy or not. And Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to there, but it's it's interesting how... Like I talked to multiple people hunting and they have totally different ideas of what they do. Like, I'll tell you what I do when we get down here, but they do, I literally just asked Lampers what he does and it's totally different in the rain. His his system and how he copes with it is different than yours. How he copes with it. Yep. Okay. And, uh, I I think that's part of, I mean, it's not just, it's not just the gear because there's a fucking, it's half mental because I've never sat out in the rain for an extended period of time until last year at bear camp. Me and Mesa were sitting out at that spot. And it was just, it was pouring good. It wasn't a little bit of rain. It was enough that by the time, 30 minutes of sitting there and we were soaked through. And that was with that sick, uh, was it called cloud burst? I don't know. You had the storm front or the cloud burst? The cloud burst. Yeah. So we had the, both of us had the same sick cloud burst rain gear on and it didn't take but 30 minutes and we were wet through. It was wet through, but it was, I mean, it was dumping hard and we weren't, we weren't like sealed up very good. And then you're sitting there. And I'm telling myself, I don't think a fucking bear wants to be out in this. So then you start talking yourself out of why you're sitting here in the fucking rain. And that's why I put that on there. Like, at, at what point are you considered a pussy when you give up and pack <laughs> it in? Because I'm sitting there soaking wet to the bone, and I don't believe a bear is going to come out here in the because you say bear like bears like it how we like it. Mm-hmm. So it's not sunny. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be out in the fucking rain. I, people, I growing up, I always heard bears love the rain and the cold, and I have not found that to be true at all. Huh. Bears like it just like humans do. They don't like it too hot. They don't like it too cold and they don't yeah. like it too wet. Yeah. So the best days like 60 degree and overcast is when I see most of the bears. Yeah. But the rain wise and, and rain's different with different hunts. You know, if you're backpacked in, it's going to be a lot different rain system than if you're on a bear bait where you're 500, 600 yards from a truck. And being stuck versus knowing you have dry shit that evening going back to camp. That's definitely different mentally. Yeah. We can get into it. The, we have a lot of notes, but well, let's just start. My, my philosophy is going to be a lot different if, if I have to live in that rain, if I have to live out there a few more days or if I don't, or if I, anyways, we can get going. The first one is a different, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, really you just start off with talking about like, if you could choose any rain gear on the fucking market right now, regardless of price, what are you wearing? That's two. Just two, the outer. Two stage. It's a two part question. So if I am static bear baiting it's probably going to be either a 3.5 layer or a four like now even first and it used to be simpler a 4.5 layer i had a i think it's called a grundens pvc which the problem with pvc is you you get wet either way there is no waterproof rain gear if it's breathable it's, it's an it's a farce if it's breathable water it's not a in. fucking check valve in other words nope. if if, if if air can get out, then water can get in. Yep. So you have all these fancy, I was just telling you about them. You have 10, 10. One is the, the first number, say it's 10K, 
10k on your rain gear the first number is the breathability or sorry is the rain resistance number the higher that number the highest i think is like 40 40k and that's super waterproof and that's gonna have a breathability rating and you kind of you'll notice that the more waterproof it is the lower the breathability and what type of manufacturers are listing those like if he, if he goes on if he, everybody uh look pull up sitka cloud burst uh, rain gear there. It don't matter top or bottom. Let's it's see if they got those numbers on there. Sitka is like the fucking worst with their labeling, their weights. They used to be. Let's see if yeah. they got it. Yeah. Because on Rockside, people always would bitch about they don't have enough detail. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if they have it on there. But well, most, I imagine a manufacturer may want to conceal those numbers if they're not great. In other words, they're not lying to you. They're just omitting details. Yeah. And it's like, and it's how like it moves through a fabric in like a 24 hour period. Mm-hmm. And then you like, you add those numbers into how much my fat ass sweats. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm not only going to fuck up the breathability and the rainproofness cause I'm getting basically fat, grease, sweat, whatever you want to call it. But I'm also not exerting. Cause if you're exerting, you're hot, you're open up those pores and it will breathe better. So it's, it's damn, it's not straightforward. Mm. You want more breathable while you're walking, but how far do you want to walk in a downpour anyways? Mm-hmm. Unless you're leaving. That's one of my questions. At okay. what point during a downpour do you fucking pull over and put yourself in a tent or whatever? But yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So they're not giving you those numbers. They're using a bar system there for breathability and water protection. They're well, not giving they you have the actual. Now. And that's so, the, which one was that? What is that? This that's, should be the Cloudburst jacket. The Cloudburst. I can't believe it's a three layer. I didn't know that. Mm. So that's a three layer and that's, you know, three layers is supposed to be pretty freaking rainproof. Uh-huh. But that's another thing. People say how you said you were opened up and that's with everything buckled down in your hood on. Yeah. That's with, you know, your fist cuffs and everything are down in the, you know, if you don't, if you don't ball yourself up good enough and, and not have open holes somewhere, then you're eliminating the point. I mean, yeah. But the, I don't know if you go into like, like if you go to a first light or you go to any of the, what's, what's the, what's the next, what will be the best rain gear then? So we said, what, what would you buy in a static situation? What's your jacket? Static situation. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to pure hunting brands, it would be the new rain jacket from first light. It's a 4.5 layer. We pull that up, Mr. Luke. It is called names jump out. It's got a weird name. The problem is it's almost like wearing suspenders. That kind of material. Uh huh. But it has a, here's the problem with PVC. Well, like elastic. What do you mean suspenders? Like, um, not suspenders, sorry. It's for uh, when you're fishing. Oh, waders. Waders, sorry. Okay, it has okay. wader material to it. Oh, I imagine. And it's thick, but it does have a breathability. You're rating. putting yourself in a fucking condom. Nah, it actually breathes decent unless I'm not going to hike in it. Yeah. Like the best. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Armin storm uh, shelter jacket. And there used to be two layer, three layer, 2.5 layer, three layer. Now there's 3.5 layer and 4.5 layer. Do so you have it, this jacket here? Yep. I got that one. I wore it last year while we were bearing. Well, sh- well, I need a different fucking jacket because that cloudburst didn't cut It's it. That's not a walking around. That is a wet yeah. weather jacket. Yeah. The best jacket that I've ever had that was, it's not exactly white, lightweight, but it for breathability and hiking is the cryptic, the Takar, Tucker. It's just a weird name. It's an Afghanistan name. It's a mountain in a mountain range in Afghanistan. Okay. The Takar. So look that up. Cryptic rain jacket, Luke, the Takar. Cryptic Takar. 
Okay. So, so static jacket and moving jacket. Moving jacket, it would be the cryptic one. It's not lightweight. It's still like 20 ounces, mm. but the breathability is the reason I'd take that jacket. And it's pretty stinking waterproof. Mm. So like you said, you got wet with a cloud burst. Um, there's a guy. And I don't want to bash on the cloud. I, I probably wasn't sealed up the way I should have been. No, that's the thing is you have to have it all that mm. rainproofing. If your hood's open, obviously you can get yeah. water through the top. Yeah. Or if you know you have uh, the pit zips open and you're moving around, you probably get water through there. I think me- mentally, I-, I knew I was going back to camp to dry shit, so I didn't make it a big deal. But then you're still sitting there and still sitting there, and then it's pouring even worse, and you're soaked through before you know it. That's the hunting in North Idaho. You're going to get wet, even if it doesn't rain. There's a lot of dew. The brush is going to be wet. So I hate. Rarely would I ever wear rain bottoms. I just wear a pair of pants that really dry quickly, but I'd always wear a rain jacket. And I used to wear cheap stuff, but then I figured, man, this stuff's always ripping. The DWR is gone within days. So mm. I went to better, and I mean, I went to um, Arteryx. I've had some, I think it was rap Arteryx stuff. pretty high-end shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are going to flambase me, but a lot of that, what I've seen is a lot of its name. They do have some good stuff. But a lot of that is it significantly better than stuff mm-hmm. you're buying at REI. Some of it is, but some of it isn't. Mm-hmm. And their rain their rain gear is is decent. But I mm-hmm. like to support hunting brands. Yep. So pretty much all I've worn to the last. And the pants are are going with these two items, or the pants are different. Or you just said you're just wearing fast drying pants anyway. You're not worried about rain pants. I don't. I try not to wear even rain static. Pants. Even sitting down. Generally, even if it's, well, I have a different theory we'll get to on if I'm sitting down and it starts fucking pouring, I'm getting a tarp out. Okay. So I'm not going to sit there and get wet. So I'm just going to put a tarp out. Even if I'm, that's where this is all kind of, doesn't matter to me as much how well the rain jacket works because I'm going to, if I'm hiking, I'm not hiking out with meat or going home. I'm going to pull a tarp out and try to wait it out. Mm. If I know that it's going to be raining for three or four days. Mm then I'm going to try to make the best of it. But hopefully I have a 90% of the time. Now I have a hot tent so I can go back and dry it out, mm-hmm. hang it up. Hot tent, meaning something like a teepee that has a stove inside that you mm-hmm. can burn wood and dry yourself out. Yeah. And if you're all by your lonesome and you don't have a hot tent and it's a, it's a chore to dry something out, you almost got to walk it out, you know, mm-hmm. make your own heat with your body heat yeah. and dry it out. You go watch uh, the rewarming drill from John Barclow that explains how that works. But mm-hmm. The the breathability, it's all kind of BS because as soon as you start sweating or as soon as you, you have to be able to wash that jack to get it clean, to get it back to that breathability rating, then you're also losing DWR every time you wash it. So mm-hmm. I don't really pay attention to that. What I do notice is jackets that leak quickly and jackets that don't. Mm-hmm. And you take, and face weight is another thing. Like if you take the old Seek jacket from First Light, it was a 3.5 layer jacket. I took it to Kodiak. Well, the face fabric is face fabric is so heavy, it got saturated with water and it couldn't it couldn't push it out anymore. So it just started soaking in and threw through the jacket into my clothes. Mm. So I stay away from like jackets with heavy face fabric. And I say that that first light jacket, that omen jacket, is heavy, but it's it's so heavy, I think there's more layers in there, it can't get through those layers. Mm. So I guess I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth on that. It's a different fabric. 
It's ultra waterproof, not that breathable. I can tell this is a, a passionate subject for you. Well, I got wet. I mean, I live in North Idaho. You're going to get wet. <laughs> Whether it rains or not, you're always wet. And I think that's maybe something to realize before you get started. Like if you're if you're not from a rainy area or you live in Southern California and it's all sunshine yeah. and butterflies all the time, then, yeah. you know, wet scares you, first of all, mm-hmm. if that's where you're headed to hunt. And you have this idea in your head that if I buy the best rain gear, it's going to stop me from ever getting wet. And I just don't think that's the truth. You have to... You have to mentally believe that you're going to get wet. It's just how much you get wet and then how fast you can dry. Yes. And if you're hunting Colorado, I talked about this before there in Snyder. If you're hunting Colorado, man, that's the sunshine state for, you know, for mountain states. It doesn't, it does rain there, but it's not as nothing like North Idaho or seeing the central Idaho or, you know, Northwest Montana or the coast or, you know, the coast in Oregon or Washington state. Cause that's the thing that people don't understand is, I don't know. I, I'm not a freaking weatherman, but it's always dewy in the fall here and you're, it's always brushy. So whether it rained or not, if you're walking, you're going through brush that's wet. So you're constantly in a state of wetness. And if two things you got to do, you got to keep from getting chilled, obviously hyperthermia. Another big thing, you know, wearing gaiters because that shit's going to go and soak through your pant leg and into your boot. One thing I realized early on too, when we started hunting was that If you are from Southern California, you know, again, sunshine and butterflies, you believe that when you come up here and go hunting that you're walking on trails and nobody's fucking walking on the trail when you're out hunting for the most part. If you don't get off the trail, then you're not getting in animals anyway. But gators, when when there's dew on the brush, when you're walking through, you don't realize how wet your pants will get just walking through the woods. Like you said, even when it hasn't rained, it's just in the morning. So you got to prepare for that too. Absolutely. And it's the, I always thought gators were so dumb. And then, uh, they make my fucking legs sweat, dude. Like, I'll, like do. I get like the knee high gators and underneath it's kind of, it's almost like it may defeat the purpose, but underneath the gators after a good hike, I'll be like in the cellway we went to, I'll be soaking wet underneath the gator. Yep. And You're that's like, like wow, the, should I have worn them anyway? And that goes to the PVC thing on the jackets. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You're going to get wet either way. And mm-hmm. that's why I do believe what John Barclay has to say about moisture management. Mm-hmm. You need to wear clothes that freaking move the moisture away from you and evaporate it. And I have yet to see, and I'm a sweater, you're a sweater. I have yet to see a rain jacket that will let enough moisture out for me if I'm walking. Just stay dry. So it's not like a priority to me. What I want to be able to stay dry when I'm not moving and stay somewhat dry while I am moving Mm -hmm. and figure out a way to get dry at the end of days. So if I know it's going to rain all fucking day and chances are, you know, people, you can argue about what people, what animals do when it's raining. We all have our own philosophies. That's a whole other podcast. But if it's going to be, and I don't mean drizzling, I'll I'll hunt a lot and drizzle, which, you know, but if it's a downpour, I'm going to stop and put a fucking tarp up and wait it out Mm. because I don't know. You play a little Yahtzee. Like, what do you do under your tarp when you're not hunting? You're just stuck. Do a little pickle pickle practicing. (laughs) Fuck. No, I like, I have like a. Me and the boy, do we bring Yahtzee? Because you got like, is five dice and a couple half pencils and a couple pieces of paper. I don't know how to count, so I can only count yeah, to three. Yahtzee's fun. Well, I'm. What if you're by yourself? Uh, Yahtzee still works when you're by yourself. I don't know. I usually like end up reading shit on my phone. Like uh-huh. I have a few books on my phone, or okay. I'll have some. I always. I'm a podcast junkie. That's why we have a par- podcast. Is I always listen to podcasts. So uh, Yahtzee, anything, anything, kill yeah. the day. Usually, I try to set up in a place where animals could cross, but I don't. In a dead downpour, which happens frequently in North Idaho. 
it's there's not a lot of shit moving. So Sometimes they're short lived though. You know, most that's, of the time it's afternoon and then it is short lived. Yeah, and you have like like I'm not a weatherman, but you'll have these downpours and it'll be drizzle and I'll move around and drizzle. It's just there's nothing moving when it's just hammering. I have not killed an emerald in a hammer and rain. I'm sure somebody has to prove me wrong, but mm. it's like a bear. They mm. want it like we want it, mm-hmm. you know? So. Okay. So we talked about uh, a lot of things already, to be honest with you. Breathability versus waterproofness. They're kind of, uh, they're, they, they, they flip flop. Yep. Yeah, they flip flop. There's nothing. So just to be clear, outside of PVC, there's nothing waterproof out there. Mm-hmm. If it's breathable, it's not, it's what heavily water resistant is not waterproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long should you expect to stay dry with great rain gear? Well, it depends on how well you're sealed up and all that good shit. Yeah. Cause inevitably you're moving around. T- are you walking? Or are you static? You can mm-hmm. stay pretty dry in rain gear if you're static all bundled up mm-hmm. and you have good rain gear like that Omen rain gear or that even the Takar, I think it's called the Takar from oh. Cryptic. I have yet to wet it out. The only rain gear that I have personally ever wetted out was that Seek First Light stuff. Hmm. I haven't I haven't wetted out. Well, that's not true. Cabela sold, sold some chicken shit rain gear that wetted out on me <laughs> a few years ago, but it was like... I bought some of that originally where it, it all bundled up into its own little yep. bag thing. Yeah, I bought yep. that shit. I had it like early 2000s and it, it wetted out. Yeah. Uh, once you're wet, what is the best thing you can do to stay warm? Well, again, it depends if you're if you're close to the truck or not close to the truck. <laughs> if you're if you have no way to build a fire or have a fire, because a lot of times when it's snowing or shitty, I'll just not only get a tarp, but I'll start a fire somewhere. Uh-huh. Or if I know I have a hot tent, I'll just wait till I get back to the hot tent. Or if you don't have none of the none of the above, you're gonna have to walk it out. You're gonna have to dry it out. Uh, th- or a fourth thing, and I say this because I don't know your sleeping bag situation, but you can dry it at night in your sleeping bag. Mm, okay. You just get in there wet or put it in there wet with you. Hopefully it's better to wear it and wear it and dry it out. Wear your gear wet, get in your sleeping mm-hmm. bag and you're going to wake and, up and you'll be dry. And you'll notice you can do it. And I always got to get up and piss at some point in the middle of the night. So if my jacket's wet, I'll, I'll get out and the jacket will be somewhat dry. So I'll take that off and I'll be to the next level and I'll take that off until I'm down to, I'm a hot sleeper. So it doesn't take me very long to dry out. If you're using a shitty down bag, you can get in trouble of getting your down wet and losing loft. So I say that as a caveat and make so sure. So you need to have a real good sleeping bag if you want to use that system. Yeah. And what's funny is like, I literally, I told you, I just did a down difference between down and, and treated down on rock slide is I have a uh, Western mountaineering sleeping bags, three of them is pretty much all I've ever used. And they're down and they're not treated. And I have got in there soaking wet and I've never lost loft. So Somebody smarter than me to tell me why that happens. Mm. I've hunted one of the wettest environments in the lower 48 in North Idaho, and I have yet to lose lofts in a sleeping bag. I've lost loft like a mother in jackets, mm. but not in the sleeping bag, which is bizarre to me. We have all the Western mountaineering ones too. We never got in wet, but never had a problem anyway. No. Oh. That, and that's, I think, of a more of a problem. It's not a big a problem as people make it out to be. Mm. I mean, if it was your life, your sheep hunting in... BFE Alaska or somewhere like super wet, like Kodiak or the Aleutians or, you know, Southeast Alaska, that would be in my mind to use a synthetic bag. But I've been thought I was going to die in the cellway and still thought I could walk out. Hmm. So it's, I don't know. 
I'm probably not the best person to tell you about your survival situations. <laughs> Taking it to the edge. I've anyway. done a lot of dumb stuff. <clears throat> I uh, my feet always get cold in the sleeping bag, so I carry around the the booties. Uh, yeah, I think it's feathered friends or something like that that makes little booties in, and they make all the. Uh, and sometimes I feel like a bitch a little bit, like bring my little booties along. I actually leave the booties down in the sleeping bag, so they're always there for me. Very nice. <laughs> Dude, perfect. The booties. I have uh, lighting equipment. Okay, and, maybe that's the brand. And the feathers friends, I think, makes them too. The but, ones I bought actually, I bought them like fucking ten years ago, and they actually have like a they have an outer boot that you can put over them so that you can walk around camp. Like it has a shoe bottom that kind of ties up over the down booty. Now these is like ten years old now. I think I've seen those, but I don't know who makes them. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. But I have a lighting equipment. They're just straight booties. Mm-hmm. They weigh nothing, like two ounces. Yeah. And they are well, it's fucking worth game it. changers. Because that down is next to your feet, like the whole time you're sleeping. So another thing I do is if my feet are wet, I'll put them in there, and they have dried out socks. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, this is just tips to dry shit out is heating up water in your Nalgene. I've heard that in another podcast. That's not for me, but I've been doing that for I did years. that when we, were at, when we were in Montana hunting yep. deer. Dude, it was fucking cold up there. Yeah. I mean, it was like a single digit, I think, that first night. And uh, yep. I, I heated up the water because we had the big stove, and mm-hmm. that helps a lot. I've done it for A lot more than you think. I didn't say it first. I didn't come up with it, but I've been doing it for years, and yeah. it's a game changer. Yeah. Some people, I'm sure, will be scared to put water down inside their bag. But if you use it, now jeans are pretty fucking tough. Well, dude, common sense always, right? Yeah. Put the boiling water in there. Feel it. Yeah. If it isn't burning you, you're okay. If it's fucking burning hot, you know. Yeah. It's not going to melt the people. Like, oh, it's melting algae bottle. It's not going to melt the algae bottle. No. No, no, no. Get the BPA-free one. Or you and you're not putting the fucking poison. boiling water against your skin. Like, you got the booties or your socks on and, you know. You have, usually you have clothes on. That's Yeah. You're not putting it on your bare chest but or that, legs. It fucking helps a oh. lot. Especially if you do it before you get in the bag, like maybe 30 minutes before or whatever. It actually heats up inside for you before you get in there. What I see it as is just like a hot tent. It's a morale booster to mm-hmm. me. Like, mm-hmm. I do a lot of things solo, so it's like put that in there it's like oh yeah <laughs> all my little bullshit fears or whatever go away when we went up with the uh to that one peak where i almost died yeah with that 300 number right so I, I didn't want to say where it was when we you pulled out you had a fucking cot yeah you pulled out your little ultralight cot and i'm like this motherfucker is living large oh you dude it's comfort because if you sleep like shit you're not gonna want to do anything yeah and people say, oh, I don't bring a pillow. Well, fuck, man. If I don't bring a pillow, I have a neck crink the next day when I'm yeah. back in and sore. And- Be a side sleeper? Yep, bad. Yeah. Bad slide sleeper. So I like, I like big hips, so I'm a, I'm a side sleeper, too. <laughs> and for some, big hips. I do. I got big hips. Like I got big love handles. It don't matter what I weigh, dude. I can weigh 140 pounds. I still have love handles. But when I'm laying on my side, <laughs> it's like the hip, the hip needs to be like the lowest point. But, you know, when you're laying on the ground, it doesn't, like, com- compress or, like, you know, yeah, no, sink down in the saying. fucking dirt. So I always get these where every like 30 minutes I have to roll over. Yep. So it seems like I never sleep right, but. Yeah, but you take a pillow. Yeah, definitely have to have a pillow. Yeah, I don't know. People that, that just tougher me, I guess, because man. I, I carry like a heavy one. It's like a big plush. It still folds up and all that, but it, you know, it's and a nice pillow. My pillow? No, it's not a fucking my pillow. That'd be intense. I'm surprised when you pulled your cot out, you didn't pull out a fucking my pillow. Well, we had the goats, man. I know. I. I, I knew you were, your, your pack was too heavy. We should have put more in the goats, but you know, I didn't I realize your gun was 57 pounds. I either. wasn't in any kind of shape. It wasn't like, 
Right. You don't get any fucking logistical information out of Ryan. He's like, huh, meet me at the gas station. You don't know where the fuck you're going or what you're doing. And, it, you know, it turned out to be as a pretty epic. You might not think so, but I hadn't even touched Canfield. Right. I hadn't done a single thing with myself. And I just, you know, I just wasn't ready. You did great. Mason said you thought you were going to die, but you made it. If you didn't have some some rehydration type of shit well, by the time we got up there, I would have died. But yep. lessons learned. Yep. That was a good trip. Okay. Uh, best way to dry shit out when what ultralight tarps and deployment strategy. Now I say that cause, uh, I'm sure you have a preferred ultralight tarp to start and then deployment strategy, meaning like some guys are using trekking poles, mm-hmm. different types of tie outs or little hardware, you know, cinch hardware type of shit. So what do you, what do you use and yeah, how you do know, you deploy it? I thought you had been, but you remember you didn't, we haven't really done a lot of backpacking together outside mm-hmm. of a few trips. I have a, it does, I don't even know if they make it anymore, but it's a, it's a, it was Cuban fiber. Now it's Dyneema mm-hmm. and it's, was a Z pack yep. and it's a eight and a half by 10 and it weighs like nothing, like seven ounces, nine ounces and it's old. And I pack that every time I go somewhere, but this will probably be, I'm probably going to do something different this year because it's got a lot of silicone and a lot of burn holes because I'll inevitably, <laughs> I'll start a, it, and it, it does use a trekking pole. And I put a piece of, I got an old Kefaru pack and I cut it out because it's ruined. And I put it in the middle so I can put a trekking pole in the middle uh-huh. so I can tie it off to whatever. And then I can poke that trekking pole to get it up and away from me. And then I usually, if it's shitty, really shitty, I'll start a fire right out in front of it. So I got a little bit of burn holes <laughs> on the top that I siliconed over. But that's what I carried 90% of the time. But Brad, this is a shameless plug because I, I kept pushing him to make it. Brad from Argali is coming out with a tarp and I hope he thinks this is okay. A tarp. It's a, his material. It's not Dyneema. It's a little more durable, but it's not like Sil Nylon. If you guys have used Sil Nylon, you'll stretch it really tight and then you'll come back and it fatigued. Yeah, Cause it's wet. Yep. And it's all, you know, then you have to retighten it. Well, this stuff that he's using doesn't have fatigue and it's going to be a 10, eight and a half by 10. And he already has that center piece where you can jam the pole in there mm. and then all the tie outs. So, but anyways, I like eight and a half to 10, because if you go any smaller, you know, you have a lot of shit, even if you're solo or if there's two of you to get it all inside, if it's raining to get all your gear and be able to make food, or if you want to play Yahtzee Mm -hmm. or you want to do whatever, you have to have enough room to dick around with it. And Mm -hmm. I always have a buzz, buzzes usually with me. So, yeah, we just bought that one before the Selway deal. And I can't remember the damn name of the brand, but it's a a super light brand, whatever. Yep. I spent the extra money. It's not Z pack. Uh, it's not Z pack. Hyperlight. Hyperlight Mountain Gear. Yeah, I bought the Hyperlight, and I think I bought a ten by ten or a twelve by twelve because me and Mason are big, and we slept under it up there. It wasn't just it wasn't just a rain emergency shelter. We were sleeping under it, um, but it's at least a ten by ten, and it, it was not it wasn't cheap. Dyneema is awesome. The problem with Dyneema is it's not very fucking packable. It's mm. light, but they want you to pack it different way each time you do it, and man, it gets it gets but not just burn holes easy it just gets holes easy mm. you know and i got a trekking pole hole through one i had the silicone because i was trying to put it through the hole and in the dark you know and you get it tight and then you look over and it's through the fucking material or the wind kicks up and it jumps out of the little hole and into the tarp material yeah so we were up on that fucking peak up there at the cellway and we, you know it started pouring rain which saved our ass anyway because we ran out of water but uh that tarp wasn't big enough for the both of us we had Tyvek ground sheets and then, of course, a mattress, Neo Air, X-Lite, whatever it is, um, and then the sleeping bags. But your sleeping bags were, like, right on the edge of that tarp, you know, having it set up in a, in a mm-hmm. V-style. Um, 
I definitely kicked myself in the ass. I would have rather carried an extra half a pound and had a tent just to keep the water out. You know, I felt like everything was getting wet. And then my mattress popped. Oh, so we're fucking, it's raining shit. and I'm trying to, it's the middle of the night. It was dark. It's trying to find the hole in the mattress. Luckily I had the right patch, you know, with us. So always carry a fucking patch for your mattress. I'll tell you that. Cause that'll ruin your fucking trip. Ruin your night for sure. Yes, uh, indeed. I the ground the is not way. soft. No, and it's not. And you, it's like a mental thing too. You're like, fuck, now I got to sleep on the cold ground, even though you have the insulation from the actual pad still. Yeah. But there's no, it's like not having a pillow. Yeah. It just sucks. This little fucker buzzes pop more pads for me than anybody with his paws. So I always carry a little. Yeah, but you can put, you can curl up with him and steal his heat. Yeah, he is a little heater. Yeah. The, uh, you also had a kind of cool thing you guys did to get water. You made a little rain collection thing with the tarp. Yeah, we popped our fucking water bag, you know, on the way up the fucking 3,000 foot mountain to the top. And uh, we thought we'd be all right. And my son had a great idea about collecting water. So we took, it was an extra tarp I had, I think for like a meat tarp or something. Mm-hmm. And we set it up. We collected rainwater and man, it saved our ass. And that was his idea and it, it worked fantastic. Yeah, there is no water up high up there. No, it sucked. What's next? Uh, how does rain affect other gear? So not your bodice getting wet, none of that, but talking spotting scopes, binoculars, rifle scopes, backpack, uh, you know, how long is a kafaru bag good without a pack cover on it? Just all your other shit. I used to carry a pack cover forever, and I just figured out that I never used it, but I always took a contractor bag, and I always end up, if it, again, situational if it's a downpour i'm getting everything underneath a tarp Mm. but if i'm hiking out i shot something i know i'm gonna get wet i'll throw that contractor bag over all the top of it Mm. and because inevitably you can get those like kafaru sells them everybody sells those i don't even know what they're made out of they're made of some kind of steel nylon man i don't know what it's about backpacks but they love the fucking poke holes in that so you buy the 70 dollar 60 dollar bag you put it on there and 30 minutes later, you're going through the brush. You set it down. A trekking pole comes through it, and you got a hole in it anyways. I'd rather have that in a 99-cent trash bag. Yeah. I bought a couple from a place. It was called like Jimmy Tarps or something, and he used to sell on eBay. Yeah. Yeah, a little place, and, and he made some nice one. that It was like a bungee-corded deal, and they weren't too pricey, and they're stupid light. So I still have two of those, but I bought these years ago, and they've never once been used. So like you said, I we bring it most of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, even when it rains, we don't pull it out. So I guess I don't need to carry it anymore. And the other thing, like I said, if it's if it's really raining hard, I'm underneath. But I will. You make a product for the rain for the front of your rifle, the Jimmy. Yeah. That would be the only thing. I mean, we use tape forever, right? Yeah. But the Jimmy, you don't want water in your barrel, especially you can take a long shot. So that's the only thing is make sure you have your barrel covered. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have a Jimmy, every rifle needs a Jimmy. Yeah, don't use the pullout method. It's better to have one and not need it than to need it and not have, have it. it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like them. And then uh, scopes, I always have some kind of scope cutter. Rather, I guess I should say it's called the fucking, the, it's called the original Jimmy. It yeah, didn't somebody try to. Not that muzzle topper yeah. you might see somewhere else. The original Jimmy was right here at Unknown Munitions. Yes. Uh, all right. So rifle pack, pack. Okay. So how about, you know, something over your rifle scope? You got your, like at bear camp, right? Like we have the rifle setting out. It's on the target. We're not setting something over the rifle worried about, you know, water getting in shit. You don't worry. I don't. People say they do, but I mean, I use quality rifle scopes. Uh-huh. I'll put covers on them. Like I'll put 
scope covers on the end, but that's more for just use in the back end and pack out and the goats knock it over. Nothing, you know, messes up the glass, but as far as water getting on it, that doesn't bug me. Any other things you worry about getting wet? I know you say you jump right over the tarp, but let's say you're walking and it's a drizzle. Nothing I else always have my sleeping bag and my puffy gear inside of a dry bag. Okay. Because that's the only thing I re- – that's for survival items. That's the only thing I worry about getting wet. Use like the uh, – what's the one they call it? Like a nano ultra seal. Oh, Sea to Summit. Sea to Summit. Sea to Summit, like uh, nano – yeah, whatever. Yep, nano. And I, either that or the outdoor research has waterproof okay. compression bags. Uh-huh. And I put those in there. Because those are the three things that I need the most. Huh. Look at that. The one and only Jimmy for the I'm going to change the fucking name. I'm going to call it the original Jimmy and put a TM. I'm going to trademark the name and put it next to it there. That goes back to if you make a product and somebody rips it off, it's like, why? Mm. What? And especially if a company sells products, they could have just called you and say, hey, can we sell this? That was really what pissed me off the most is they could have just said it. I, I even told them, I said, I would have sold it to you at my cost just to get my product in your store. And yeah. never once did they think to reach out and, and support the little guy. Yeah, don't burn the bridges. Yeah. Hopefully they don't. All right. Uh, trash bags and other hacks. You talked about a contractor bag. Uh, those it's just important. tend to be. And con, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, contractor. Not a fucking leaf. Go to Home Depot or Lowe's. They have contractor bags. Con- yeah, they, those are like a comp. They even have compactor bags. Yeah. And they're, they're like heavier. A, I don't know the mill, but there's a thickness. Mm-hmm. And they're a whole, like another thing you can do, just another hack is. You never want to leave your meat in a creek in open water, like mm. get around it. So I usually carry three contractor bags. They weigh nothing. And you can seal it up and put your meat, you know, in the hot weather and your meat in the river and it doesn't get the water bacteria shit on there. Mm-hmm. There's just a million uses for them, but get the thick ones. If you get the ones that you get, you know, at whatever store you're I imagine it's at. probably four mil thick or. I think it is four mil. Luke, pull up a uh, Home Depot contractor bags. That's probably four mil, six mil, something I think you're like right. that. Four or five mils. Yeah. And it matters because I've used the cheap ones and mm. they get holes real quick or they just leak. Yeah. 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 Fucking Luke. Oh, he's got that. That's where you, that reactor, he's got a thermal light reactor. So you put your sleeping bag inside this outer bag that basically boosts your, it boosts your temp rating. I just bring a bag that's appropriate. Not everybody can afford to have four different fucking Western mountaineering bags in all flavors. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. get get serious. Like, <laughs> you don't need that fucking morning coffee. <laughs> okay. What I put it. Uh, all right. So I hate, I put this down. I three, hate. It's three mils. Three, three mils mil. of contractor bag. That's the Husky contractor bags from fucking home. It's Depot. a yellow box, red writing, Husky contractor cleanup bags. They the shit. Nice. So three mil. That's what you need. Three mil will cut it. I put on here, I hate being wet and cold. I do hate being wet and cold. My feet fucking get cold. And, and you know, every, I don't think anybody likes being wet in general. And I said, how do you deal with it when hunting and glassing from the same spot for hours? Like, how do you mentally stay in it? And you already have you got a lot more experience and you've been out hunting much longer. But just sitting there when it's wet, cold, and miserable, especially you don't see no animals. And you're literally just fucking sitting there with your with your binoculars, your binos out, and when it's cold, yeah, I usually start a fire. <laughs> I usually do because it's too like you can't you can't win. Like, and I've tried over boots and they work, but I don't really like packing them. I've tried insulated boots and they seem to make my feet colder. So now I either use those little uh, toe heaters. We're talking, you know, 
late October, November, December hunts. Mm. But I'm not going to lie to anybody. Nine times out of 10, I start a fire. Yeah. Well, usually if it's wet outside, it's pretty tough. I'm not, a, I'm not a great fire starter. So I guess that's one piece of advice is people can usually, improve their fire starting skills. Usually though, it's like, it's either at that point in time, it's so cold. If my feet are, my feet, I guess my feet don't get cold when it's above 32 degrees. Like some people, it's gotta be twenties, teens is when my feet get really cold. Mm. And a lot of times I'll start a fire and I'll take my shoes off, man. I'll put my feet up next to them. Oh shit. Yeah, so it's like you're go- your feet are going to get cold if you're backpacked in. If you're a day hike, like I'll use pack boots and I'll use those little toe warmers and I do fine. But mm-hmm. I don't have generally, I don't have that problem. I don't have cold feet. Like, cold feet suck. I remember when we were shooting when my elk froze up solid when I got in the mountain left and came back. Well, Mason kept saying how his feet were freezing and my feet really weren't cold. So uh. it's like I don't have... A good answer because I don't really have that problem. But when they do get cold and they have, I just start a fire and pull them out. And another tip that, again, I don't have feet problem, but I heard this from, I think it was Randy Newberg is, he said, as soon as he stops somewhere to glass, he'll put on a fresh pair of sweet socks to get his sweaty ones out of there. Okay. Again, I don't have that cold feet problem, but if I did, that'd be one of the things I'd try. Hmm. What have you tried? Have you tried anything? No, I've thought about doing the overboots thing. Uh, and like you said, it's really when we're talking about teens and just, just being out and being cold. Um, I feel like once they're going to, once they get cold, that's just going to be cold. It is what it is. Yeah. And you can walk it. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing is if you're totally cold, walking solves a lot of problem for cold, oh, it does. for cold weather. Yeah. Even like when we were in, uh, when we did the elk hunt in Montana, you know, that was cold that morning. Just that first glass in the morning we did, we sat up there for an hour my feet were freezing, so we got up and started walking, moved to the next spot. And I've hunted quite a bit early on with Aaron, and he's like got that rain odds where he gets cold really, and it starts to his hands start turning white. Oh no shit! And he does like just massive amounts of push-ups, huh. get some heat going. Okay, just in in, in the spot you're sitting. Spot in, just... now, just racking out push-ups, get oh, that yeah. circulation going. Nice, that's Again, a good idea. Yeah. Okay, uh, and then I put, at what point are you considered a pussy when you give up and pack it in? Here's the thing with that is if there's a spot where your your time, you look at your weather, and this can burn you because it's burned me, and you see there is no day where it is going to be clear. Like me and you, we do a lot of ambush, long-range shooting, hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, we set a spot, wait. If it's not going to be clear and you're not going to spot where you can just walk around and try to bump into them spotting stockwise, that would be a point, but a lot of times you'll leave and that fucking weatherman's wrong. Mm-hmm. And the next day it's Especially beautiful. up here. Yeah. Like they have no. It's horrible. I should have been a weatherman because you could just bullshit people nonstop yep. up here. Yeah. And you'll leave and it'll be crystal clear and no fog. It's, it's, so I don't know. It's, it's kind of a, I've been out there a lot. I get ideas of how things are going to work out. And I would say most of the time they work out that way, but I've been burned on that too. Hmm. What you don't want to do is get in a situation where you're going to get cold, get depressed and go home because you got depressed yeah. or you left something on home at home. Un- that's another thing that happens a lot. This is not really about the rain, but being a pussy also is a mental thing is, did you leave a lot of, you know, fires going at home? You need, and you're constantly thinking about that or, or, you know, you are fat and out of shape and I'm always fat and out of shape. So I just got to work through that. <laughs> but I never really went home because it was raining mm-hmm. and cold. Mm-hmm. So you're not a pussy. Well, no, I want to kill. I mean, <laughs> you I want, want to kill something. something. So, uh, 
Let's see. You Luke. Wait, you wait all five. This is the thing I just want to talk about because I see this on Rockslide a lot. You, you fucking wait all year long for your five days, ten, whatever you have. And you're going to give up because you're fucking a little bit cold. <laughs> you fucking are a pussy. When you put it like that, it doesn't sound yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't, doesn't, I'm not tough. I'm not tougher than you. It just, you, you waited this whole time and money and you got there and you're going to walk out because it got a little cold. I just mm. don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Luke wants to know, how do you control condensation in your tent? Well, you really, if you have a hot tent, it's probably not something to worry about. You know, it's still nylon, like most of the stuff or Dyneema, you're going to have condensation. There's really nothing you can do about it, mm-hmm. but you can get like, if you can use canvas at any, that's why we keep always going back and trying these lightweight canvas, but unless it's pretty much where it rains, it's condensation. You're kind of just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. I don't have a lot, a lot of it has to do with your the humidity outside versus the temperature and dew points and things like that. Yep, and if it'll be worse certain you nights. Put a tent the first couple of days. If you put a tent up over wet ground, I mean that fucking's only got one way to go, and it warms up with you or heat. Yeah. It's coming up, yeah. so it always feels like it's kind of raining. It's like a double edged sword. That thing does get annoying, and the seal and there's nothing out there but like cotton mm. or sorry canvas that'll take care of that. Yeah, so it's. You just kind of got to deal with it and have a really wood store, a good wood stove and have a mason to gather the wood. I have one of those like super light pack towels. We'll always bring no matter what. And you just try to wipe it a bit and then wring it out on the ground and wipe it a bit, you know. Yep. And I've done that. I, the thing is, it's like counter, counterintuitive though, because you're going to wring it out on the ground. It's just going to go back up there. Yeah. You want to wring it out like out the door, out the door of your tent. And they have uh, like you get the Hillebergs, you know, and they have the. Two layer and that, that helps condensation a lot. Having a floor, mm-hmm. I hate floor. I am claustrophobic. I cannot fucking sleep in a tent with a floor in it. Mm. And uh, I've never had problems. I've never had it where it's raining so bad inside. I had to cover anything up. Yeah, it's like hit or miss. But having a floor would help in condensation. And have a it's a double wall. I think they call it like yeah. the Hillebergs and the mountaineering tents. That'll help with condensation. But you can't you can't have a fire in there. I'd rather have the fire and get a little wet from the condensation dripping in than not have the fire. Mm-hmm. But again, this goes, I use, we use pack animals now of some sort, most of the time backpacking in. Mm-hmm. That might be different if I was solely backpacking in. We had a, uh, a, a big Agnes copper spur mm-hmm. three person. That's what we had on when we did that uh, John Muir trail, me and the boy. Was that Pretty, heavy? No, nah, it wasn't bad. At the time, I think it was a couple pounds. Did yeah. it have vestibule? How do you say that? Vestibule? Uh, vestibule. Vestibule, yeah. Um, yes, if you had the, like if you just ran the main tent with the poles, but then it had like the over tent that goes over the top of it, and then yeah, it had vestibules. Mm. See, I've never. It was had, a good tent. Yeah. I think in the backpacking world, they're pretty much top top of the line. They have a lot of, they have a lot of stupid light options now. Like you can get a single person one that's an enclosed tent for like a pound or less. It's not very durable, obviously. 99% of my hunting is, involves a tarp. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But I have gone to teepees and like the sawtooth and stuff like that later now that I have pack animal. So you touched on this a bit, knowing whether you're going to be static a lot or walking a lot in your rain gear, but how to plan a layering system when you know it's going to rain. In other words, not just talking about the outer shell, but, mm-hmm. the, but, the, but the inner shell, the inner layers. This is something like, 
look up knowledge from storms because John Barklow does a really good job of talking about this. Who is this John Barklow? So he's the guy that does freaking comes out all the clothing for Sitka. Okay. But he used to train, I might get this wrong. He was in the Navy and he trained special operations, Navy SEALs, how to survive. He worked in Kodiak and they came out there and they did like survival school. Okay. So now he's the chief designer for big game at Sitka. I think that's right, John. Sorry if I messed that up. But he has a whole moisture. He's the one that did the rewarming drill where they jump in the water with all their shit on and they go get in their sleeping bag and dry it out hmm. like in freezing cold. I remember that was a few years ago. Yep. So okay. I have the same. The only thing that changes for me is my puffy layer 90% of the time. My rain gear, if it's static, it may change a little bit for the rain jacket. But 99% of my hunting, yep, that's the one that Eastman's did with John. That's John. Anyways, the um, I use the same four. I, I use four layers up top, and most I'll use this two. I rarely ever wear rain pants. People say that don't like that. And when it's cold out, I'll have puffy pants, so three. Mm-hmm. I have always Those wear Those Kuyu ones we got, yep. the over-down pants? Yep. Okay. Over-down, or I have a pair, like, what are those super called? wet. They're just, I mean, they're super down. Could you make some down zip over pants that are pretty badass? They're kind of I think waterproof. They're super down. Water resistant. Yeah, they have a tech. They have a treated down. Those are pretty badass. They are. They are. And I think they're just called the super down pants. Mm. But uh, I use a, I have, uh, Kefiro has a pair that I'll use if it's super going to be super wet, but they're super heavy. Mm. But so I wear the same thing. I wear arrow wool base layer, first light. My second layer is the only thing that I don't have totally nailed down. But I wear a lot of different things, second layer. But whatever it's going to be, it's going to be synthetic and push moisture. And then my puffy coat changes. Like I have the Stone Glacier one I wear most of the time. But I have one that I got made by Goose Feet Gear that I'll wear when it's super cold. Because it's seven ounces and it's a pullover, kind of like the Kefiro one. Uh-huh. And then the rain jacket. But that all ch- could change if th- this is like a lot of ifs. But if it's, f- I know it's going to be freezing the whole time. And whenever I get precipitation, it's going to be in the form of snow. I'll wear the, the Kefario jacket. Okay. Because that fucker's highly waterproof yeah. or hard, highly water resistant. Yeah. And it's synthetic, so it dries fast. Yeah. And it has the Kedora in the right places where I get down with my fat ass. I won't rip it. But that's the thing, though. If it, You don't have to worry about rain so much if it's, you know it's going to be below freezing and you're going to get snow because snow's just not as wet. Yeah. Huh. So in a nutshell, that made no sense, but that's what I wear. Okay, but uh, did you get your deal set up a stone glacier? What deal? I don't know. You said you're working on deal. I need I need one of those stone glacier jackets you're talking about. What's the down jacket you get from stone glacier? Oh, the Grumman. Yeah, yeah. I need me a Grumman. Ah, oh, Grumman. Uh, yeah, Grumman is the shit, guys. If it, Ryan says that is the go-to, dude, it's it's down jacket, twelve ounce jacket with a five ounce fill. Yeah, you, you don't people. There is there is other jackets out there like it, but again, I want to support hunting companies. Mm. And it's got a 15. Well, you told me that it's the one that didn't wet out. Yep. Hyper dry. Listen to that podcast on Rockslide. Hyper dry, I put it in the podcast, is a wax base. It's a on the down. It's a treated down. And it's a wax base treatment that does not die. Mm. There's lots of tech down. That's the only one that did not wet out. Hyper dry. Grumman. Grumman. Stone they have glacier. pants and jacket and all their all their sleeping bags are. That same thing. I think we've realized now you don't care much about the pants. You just want one Rain pair pants, of pants. No. Just one pair of pants. I don't, if your shit dries fast. Yeah. Here's the deal is you're always, I don't move well. It seems to always get wet anyways if I have rain pants on. 
So I'll just wear something that dries quickly. Okay. Uh, is there a is there a down jacket that stands up to the rain? Why are there so many different marketing strategies for down and down alternatives? Like the we perfect time about that. Is the only jacket that I wore that I in a fucking really down rain pour, not just a drizzle that did not fail me was the Grumman. Mm. And I don't know why, like the, I'm not knocking you. It's a great brand and they have the quicks down. They call it that's theirs. And I don't know what it is inside there. Cause it's kind of, they have a whole video on it, but they're not going to tell you what they do to it, but it held up the second longest, but it probably lost 50% of its loft in the, and I was just wearing them till they failed till they totally were saturated and there was no loft and I couldn't get the uh, stone glacier to do it. Hmm. Like Kuyu didn't lose all his loft, probably lost half, but like the first light Chamberlain, that fucker folded like a lawn chair. <laughs> that thing lost its loft in 30 minutes. There was almost no difference between that and the outdoor research non-treated down jacket I had. Wow. So then I tried it on Tanya while we were hunting elk last year. Yeah. <laughs> and I just said, Hey, wear that as your outer layer, knowing it was like this sleety shit. Oh. She had the uh, the two jackets she tried, which one was the Chamberlain and one was the Grumman, but it was the vest. It wasn't the full jacket Grumman. The Grumman did not fail and that Chamberlain folded. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, last thing here is boots getting wet. So whether you get water in your boots or you're just sitting in a downpour, whatever it might be, you know, Gore-Tex, other shit. Do you have anything that you prefer uh, when it comes to boots if you know it's going to be wet? Here's my number one tip. Don't let your fucking feet get wet <laughs> <laughs> because it sucks. But if no. it does, I Luke's going to have to look this up while we're talking about There's this actual boot dryer now that uses a battery pack and and a fan that sits in the top of your boot oh, and shit. pulls that moisture out. Really? Yeah, Lampers had it in their video last year. Uh. And um, I don't know what that's called, but that's the only thing, because you can literally get your boots wet inside, and you could put them by your fire all week, and they're still fucking going to be wet. Yeah. But if they're wet, and it's freezing outside, and you do not have a way to keep them dry at night, you better put them in your bag with you or you're going to be wearing fucking ice blocks in the morning. Yeah. So you got to put them in your sleeping bag. This goes back to having a quality sleeping bag because my sleeping bags, I could never resell them. <laughs> they stink like shit. They look like shit. And nobody would buy them. Yeah. But they do their job. Yeah. Western Mountaineering. Luke, see if you can find a USB powered boot fan. It starts with a G. Oh, that's like the Grumman. See, I'm going to order that one. The Grumman. I don't know if it'll get here before bear camp. What do you wear? Triple X? Double X? I'm a double. You're a big, big guy. It's because I've been working out. So you I was, know? Uh, well, you're, you're thick. We, Luke, we need a, she thick one on here. <laughs> um, it's 15 ounces that, or 11.8 ounces that Grumman. Yeah. There you Grumman's go. Powered. Those powered. I don't it. think it's going to be on, it ain't going to be on Amazon. It's going to be some Right other... there, right there. That's it. The grass, the grass saw or whatever. Grass saw. That's there it. There it is, that one. Click that one. Okay. Grack saw. It's got 2K, G-R-A-K-K-S-A-W, backcountry boot, boot dryer. Yep. See how it sits in oh, there? Oh, shit. Pretty slick, huh? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Lampers that I heard talking about this. If he's carrying it, it must only weigh a half an ounce. That ain't much. <laughs> Those are pretty slick, though. How much does it weigh? Luke, uh -oh, it's portable, 
huh. and say on there, but uh, that would be, you got to move that air out of there. That's why it mm. won't dry out, especially if it's Gore-Tex based. There's a, there is the argument leather boots cause they just don't hold the moisture when they do get wet mm. and they'll dry out faster. But you know, the problem with leather is like the wetter it gets, the more it stretches. Mm-hmm. So you'll notice your boot laces are you know, three inches apart when they're dry and they're fucking touching when they're yeah. wet. Yeah. That's the problem. I have noticed what you're saying about drying the boots out though. Cause even if you had a, we've, we've had wet boots with a, with a stove in the fucking tent and you put them next to the stove to try to help dry them out. And the outside gets really dry and nice and warm and toasty. But as soon as you stick your foot in there, it's still fucking wet inside. Yeah. It's got to pull that moisture out of there. Yeah. So those might be the shit. We'll have, we're having lampers on next week. We'll talk, ask them about them. Okay. We'll have to bring a set of those this uh, Crack this saw. fall then. The boot, that's oh, they got slick. a podcast too? Fucking everybody has one. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there can have their own podcast. There's only one good sh- shooting one. Oh, shit. This one. And hunting one. <laughs> Shoot the hunt. <laughs> nice. All right. Let me see. I think we got, uh, I think I pretty much covered everything. All the notes that I had anyway. Like I said, I just hate, I hate being wet. Do you so, have a tarp? You have you carrying that tarp? Yeah, over? I got. I got. I actually have like a seal nylon whatever tarp that we've had for a minute, uh, and then I got that. I'm just going to carry that hyperlight all the time now. Mm-hmm. It's all. Uh, it's all set up. Yeah, and on the pants, I think I've just want to state this again. I don't wear pants, but I do wear good gaiters. Yeah, because if you don't, those go right into okay, your. Okay, what's the best gaiters? Um, it's well, there's really good gaiters all over out there. I keep falling back to the Kuyu. I like the Kuyu gaiters. Mm. And I, I had. No, Gators got to be somewhat durable. I mean, we had the, uh, we had some Sitka ones and they have like these abrasion panels on the inner side. Well, first you got to fucking put them on right, left versus right, just so they're abrasion panels in the right spot. But even those abrasion panels fucking ripped off and those are the Sitka, whatever they call them. I'm sure they don't have a bunch of different ones. I destroyed the cryptic ones. I destroyed the bramble. They're called the bramble, I think from first light. The problem that always happens and after these ones break is I'm going to try the stone glacier ones is the buckle always breaks on the bottom strap. Mm. Well, I just noticed stone glacier uses Dyneema that's replaceable mm. and you can just replace it on the fly if that broke. No shit. And that Dyneema strap mm-hmm. and that buckle, it's just always in a bad spot. You're going through rocks and it catches and it gets weak over time and snaps. Dyneema doesn't seem like the right material for like an abrasion rough type of situation. Luke, look, look up Stone Glacier Gators. Huh. Pretty sure we need some new ones right Dyneema now. Dyneema based. Yeah. Well, let's we'll get Kurt on the show and hit him up. Okay. Some well, grummins. Do you have some, gators? We had just those Sitka ones. And you said they were you they wore out. Well, both those abrasion panels on the inside basically ripped off. You know, they, well, they start ripping and flapping over, so you end up just pulling them off. And, and I wouldn't say that they're bad. Uh, they're not bad gators. Okay, Alpine gators, SQ2 from Stone Glacier. 11 and a half ounces for the pair. See, I like them to be higher up. Patented Dyneema bootstrap. Oh, there you go. See, it's a strap. Oh, it's like a rope. Yeah. It's like a round. It's not a. Yeah, so you can easily replace it to where that buckle goes. You're just fucked. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're in the market for some gators, these look pretty badass. Yep. I've not used them. I know some people that I trust that have, and they say they're fantastic. Because I, I used to, uh, outdoor, I used to wear the uh, outdoor research gators most of the time. They're not a lot different than everybody else's. Mm. The thing I liked about the Kuyu is their fabric seemed to be a little more durable. So, Actually, we have had those outdoor research ones. They have basically like the big durable 
Yeah. Big tall one. Yeah. We've had those for, for snowshoeing. Yep. Buckles. Buckles break. Huh. That hopefully would solve the problem. Well, if you guys are watching on YouTube, uh, well, there is a rifle out here on the middle of the table. This was uh, the T-Rex killer. Came back in for some low development, and uh, it's a pretty badass rifle, but it's basically a 14-pound 375 Shytek. So it's legal hunting weight here in Idaho. It's got a 28-inch Bartline barrel on I'm not sorry, benchmark barrel. Uh, it's called the Light Idaho Contour. Uh, it's got a big old TI Pro 5 Heavy, which is the 1.2 diameter. It's got a Maven scope on here. Do you know what the name of that Maven is? The bigger it's, one? It's a BR4. BR4 Maven scope. It's got a Bat Machine uh, CT action that has been lightened up by a bat, kind of custom. Uh, and, of course, a pretty bitchin' paint job from Unknown Coating in this. Uh, basically, the customer wanted it to look like it was found on the original Jurassic Park Island, but like 10 years later. So we went in and rusted out the barrel a little bit on the outside and uh, did a pretty badass, I think it's badass, that, paint job. It does. It stands out. It's got a Raptor on the side. we got the Jurassic Park logo. Um, and, of course, all the basically the Jeep colors. It's got yellow on the bottom, fades up into green with the red kind of tiger stripes. But, yeah, pretty badass. That's a night. That's a Manners Nighthawk, something like a T4 Nighthawk stock. Is that the same contour that's on my 33XE? No, this is basically a a bench. No, it's not the same contour. We call that the we wrote that contour for a twenty four inch three thirty eight barrel, mm. and it's just called the uh, the light hunter. I'm saying that looks thicker. No, three three thirty eight hunter is what we call that one. This one's thicker. Those that don't know, you have to be under sixteen pounds loaded up in Idaho. Yeah, to to you hunt to hunt with your rifle in Idaho, it's got to be sixteen pounds or less with everything on it, basically. Yep. And people say you, I've got weight, so they do it. But this gun is sexy. That's pretty cool. Um, what's the, you know, the specs on it? What's the velocity on something like that? Uh, like we're, we're, we're about to do load dev. Yeah, that's not the bullet up here. This is just up here is the greatest cartridge <laughs> ever invented, the 6UM. If you haven't okay. heard of it, go check it out. It just leaves them places. You actually carry them in his fucking pocket. I don't have it today, but I usually do. <laughs> I have showed so many people that bullet. Yeah. But what is the... Spec this out. What does this baby cost if I want to order it today? Um, this is actually not that. It's about the same price as our regular build. It's right around fifty five hundred bucks. So if you want a twenty eight inch barreled, uh, three seventy five Shytek hammer that you can hunt with, this will get the job done. Single feed, obviously, because it's Shytek. Shytek. For those of you who don't know, so you have when you have bolt faces on an action, you know you have your standard bolt face, which would be six five Creed. Then you move up into Magnum, which is like a three hundred Win Mag, three hundred PRC. 6.5 PRC. Then you have a Lapua bolt face, which is, of course, 338 Lapua, 33 XC. Then the next step moves you into a whole nother set of actions. A whole nother league is the Shytek bolt face. And then the next step after that is the BMG bolt face. So Shytek, if you want to build a Shytek, there's not a huge amount of action options out there, especially if you want something lightweight. So that's why the Bat CT action really is a, a good choice. Not... Now, of course, if you tell your buddy you're building a, a 375 Shytek hunting rifle, and they'll be like, what the fuck? But, yeah, 14 pounds, you can do it. If you got that 2,000-yard moose shot. I built a 375, or sorry, 338 shy, snipe tack, which is same case, just neck down to 338. Mm -hmm. Vicious. <laughs> what Vicious. action was that? It was, I think it was the same action. Same action. Bat it was CT. a bat CT, I think. Yeah. And it was... Right, right there, fifteen and a half pounds. Didn't have the T, didn't have a TI Pro at the time. We just had the Terminator break. Oh. 
And the problem was it was 400 shot barrel life. Yeah. But it's killed a lot of things. I sent to that bear video the other day with that guy shooting a bear. Yeah. That was with that snipe tech. Yeah. But it's Could been Could have been half. Pretty much. <laughs> it's been back to Dallas twice for new barrels, I believe. And this, the shy tech is a nasty, nasty round. Mm -hmm. Probably would kill a T-Rex. I think so. It's got T-Rex killer on the side of it. Anything well, else? I think we're good. We're going to go bear hunting next week, so. Yep. Uh, we'll have something each week because we got ahead, but we'll uh, we'll have bear stories hopefully when we get back. Well, maybe, maybe once the Peterson guys kill one, we ought to do a podcast out there with them, tell them what they thought. Yep. We'll bring the travel gear. You're gonna, are we going to shoot one of this with their brass with the 7 PRC? How's that going? Uh, they're bringing their own gun. Ooh, do you know what they're bringing? I think a 6.5 PRC. I think I saw him doing some load dev on it. Maybe 6.5 PRC. All right. Anything else? No, sir. Oh, you know what we fucking didn't do is do a giveaway. We got to remember that for the next time. What we need to do is just make somebody else in charge of it so it gets remembered. Luke, we have a giveaway. Somebody <laughs> had to give. We have to do two next podcast. Um, as always, if you want to get a hold of us, it's podcast at shoottohunt.com or you can go to Instagram and it is it's shoot to hunt on Instagram. Send us a DM. Yep. Thanks for listening.